This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. Last week, we started with the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. If you remember, last week we were dealing with verses 1 through 3. We're talking about three important things from Isaiah chapter 1, chapter 55, verses 1 through 3. First of all, we said God is giving an invitation for you and me, the one who is not having money, and God is giving an invitation to come to him and to buy wine and milk to drink. And secondly, we saw God is also calling those who spend their money for what is not bread. People think that they can get some blessings by spending their money on something which is not real bread, which is not godly, godly thing, which is not the word of God. But then they spend money, but God is inviting them to come to him. And thirdly, we saw God is asking us to make a covenant with him. In fact, God is taking a step forward and telling us that I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with you. And we talked about what is the covenant that God is trying to make. It is a covenant of the, true, the sure mercies of David. And last week we took enough time to understand what is the sure mercy of David. And we realized that God promised David that he will lift him up one day. And when he was lifted up, David was standing in front of God and he is telling him, and in fact, God is still reminding him by sending prophet Nathan that you are walking behind the sheep one day and God has lifted you up. So God is asking our people, our, our families to make an everlasting covenant, come into the everlasting covenant that God is trying to make with us so that our generation, our future will be in the hand of God and it will be blessed. And today we are going to take it further down in the same book of Isaiah 55, and see what God is going to tell us. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Word of God says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So here we see God Almighty is calling us to seek the Lord. God is asking us, calling us to seek the Lord while he may be found. Now we are living in the last days, where people who seek the Lord are very rare to find. Psalm 14 verse 12, Psalm 14 verse 2, I'm sorry, Psalm 14 verse 2, God says, or the psalmist right, he says, The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek God. You know, this verse explains the true, the, the real scarcity of true seekers of God. 
This verse says, God is looking down from heaven to see if there are any, if there are any who seek God. That means, that tells us today that there are not many seeking God. Not many out there seeking God. So that's the reason what of God is telling us that God from heaven is looking mankind to see if there is any who seek God. Seeking God, the real soul seeking God is a scare resource at this point of time on the face of this earth. God is telling in Isaiah 55, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek is not given as an option there. Seek is not given as a suggestion there. But it is given as a command to you and me to seek God. You know, people take that to an extra step and they say that probably it's an optional thing. It is not an option at all to your family and my family to seek the Lord is a command and instruction from God. It is not an option. Today morning we are going to spend some time to see what is really seeking God means. What is really seeking God means. You know, seeking is not going to church on Sundays. Not at all. Seeking is not delivering sermons. Seeking is not preaching sermon after sermon. It's not seeking God. Seeking is not singing in the choir. You know, there are some churches, once you be part of the choir, they think that, you know, they are singing in the heavenly realms. No, your foot is, foot is still touching the floor. You are not in heaven yet. Seeking God is not just singing in the choir. Seeking God is not leading a prayer group, not at all. Seeking God is not giving offerings. If we are able to send our tithes and offerings regularly without any fail, if we, sometimes we may think that we are seeking God, not at all. We are not seeking God. We can't seek God by giving money to him. Seeking is much more and much precious than what we really think. And today morning we are going to see what is really seeking God. What does seeking involve? The, the right verse, I would say, the appropriate verse for this is nothing other than 2 Chronicles 7.14. 2 Chronicles 7.14, word of God says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal the land. Seeking involves three very, very crucial things in this scripture as we read. First of all, seeking means humbling ourselves. Secondly, seeking means prayer. Thirdly, seeking means turning away from our wicked ways. You know, three ingredients of seeking God is number one, humbling ourselves. Number two, praying to God. Number three, turning away from our wicked ways. Jesus spoke many parables about seeking. Some of the parables, if you remember, parable of the lost sheep. In Matthew 18, verses 12 to 14, we may not have time to read Matthew 18, 12 to 14. Word of God says, if a man had, a Jesus said in fact, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them is lost, does he not leave all the 99 and go to the mountains to, to seek the one that is lost? That is real seeking. It's a mat, you know, it's, in, in, in a matters concerning to God, we are like sometime, oh, it's just one sheep which is lost. I have 99 sheep with me. Why to worry about the one sheep which is lost? In matters concerning to God, sometimes people t 
take this lethargic step and they say that, oh, that's okay. One sheep is lost. Let it go. I have still 99 sheep. You know, with that attitude, we see even the children of God who are called and anointed, they lose the spiritual blessings one after another because they don't seek. They don't seek. And Jesus is quoting a parable for matters concerning to God. You cannot just be ignorant to the, uh, concerning the lost sheep. You need to seek even that one which is lost. And you know, there are many things which we lost in our lives. And God is asking, calling the churches today to seek after him so that we may find that what which was lost. The second parable Jesus saw, told in Luke chapter 15 verses 8 to 10. Luke chapter 15 verses 8 to 10. If a woman... Having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. Assume that you have given ten silver coin. You lost one coin. And will you keep quiet about it? Or you just sweep the house, entire house. You know, put the couch upside down and, you know, do all these things, whatever we need to do in order to find that coin. In matters concerning to the spiritual gifts, we are even like that sometime. We see when we think about, oh, I have nine silver coins with me. Why to worry about that one silver coin which I don't have? Lord, you have given me enough gifts, Lord. Why should I pray and cry out for another gift, yet another gift? It's enough, Lord. It's enough, Lord. Sometimes, you know, we children of God, we get, you know, self-satisfied with things concerning God. But this morning, God is saying, we need to seek God like the woman who will sweep the ground and until she gets the coin which was lost. Jesus also spoke about a parable of a pearl. Matthew chapter 13, 45 and 46. Matthew chapter 13, 45 and 46. Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking for a beautiful pearl. Who when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had to buy that pearl. In order to buy that pearl. Think about a merchant who, wanted to, who set his mind upon something which is precious for him. And he wanted to buy that pearl. And all that decision he took is, I will sell everything no matter what I have. Because I have set my eyes upon that particular pearl. I need it. Have you come across children, kids, young kids loving each other? Especially the boys liking girls. If a boy is in love with a girl, no matter what it takes, he wants to get her. He wants to get her. I'm not sure how valid for this country when I talk about it. In our country, it's, it's a very good thing because once they know that the boy is in love with the girl, the parents even will not allow her to come out of home. They will say that, oh, you are shut. You are house arrest. You are under the, in the, you know, in the inside the house. You are not walking out because that boy is looking at you. Even looking is considered as a sin at sometimes in our country, right? <laughs> so here it may be a different scenario. You, if you want somebody, you just go and grab them, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but it's not so in, in some nations. But then, once he decides his mind, he will try everything, every, all his level best to attain what he wants to achieve. The same way, here the merchant, he set his eyes upon something that is precious. But now word of God says, Jesus is saying, will he not sell everything that he has in order to buy the pearl? Matter concerning God, we found that pearl. That pearl is Jesus. 
And God is asking us why we are not able to sell those things which are so silly and which are so you know, world things, worldly things which belong to this world. Why we are not able to get out of those things in order to seek that pearl which you have found already. God is asking us to seek him. Seeking is not thinking about what we have. Go in search for something that we don't have until we find that. Seeking is doing everything that we can do until in order to get what we want to get. Seeking according to Paul, he puts it this way. He says, counting everything as loss and rubbish until you gain what you are seeking. Until you gain what you are seeking. You know, that was a great attitude there, what Paul had. I consider everything, all my education, all my status, all my society, all my you know, things that we are, I am going through every day, day in and day out in my life on this earth. I consider everything as rubbish. And I am setting my eyes upon that precious thing that I have found in my life. You know, that's what is seeking. Seeking involves searching with all our hearts. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says, seeking involves searching with all our hearts. Deuteronomy 4 and 29 says the same. Word of God says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your hearts. With all your heart. Are we able to seek God with all our heart? When we kneel down to pray, when we kneel down to seek God, we see hundreds of things are coming and going in our mind. We are not able to concentrate on one thing today and when we live on this earth. You know, it is a tough thing to seek God when we are rolled, when we are, you know, getting tasked here and there, when we live on this earth. In the midst of all, God is reminding us, seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord where well he may be found. Proverbs 8.17 says, Proverbs 8.17, Seeking involves diligence. Seeking involves sincerity. Seeking involves an earnest effort from our side. Word of God says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Those who seek me diligently will find me. You know, that's why we need discipline. That's why we need, we need the word of God speaking to us, hurting us at times. That's why we need, we, we need to bring our lives into the discipline of seeking God. Because if we don't seek God earnestly, if we don't seek God diligently, according to those words, we will not find him. We will not find him. Maybe we will find something else. We may find an angel. We may find a glow or we may find pearls falling from heaven or whatever we may find. We will not find God if we don't seek him diligently. Seeking in walls. Living in righteousness and living in humility. Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 3 says. Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 3. Seek the Lord. All you meek of the earth. Who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Seeking God involves seeking righteousness and seeking humility. When we want to seek God, it is very important that we need to set many things right in our lives. Many areas which will pull us, which will not help us to obey this verse... We need to come out, then only we will be able to seek God. So seeking God is not just 
going to church or not just you know singing hymns to him seeking god involves earnest seek him seeking god involves seeking him with all our hearts seeking him with righteousness and in humility with a humble heart seeking him by turning away from all the wickedness in our lives seeking him like the one who seeks the lost sheep the one who seeks the lost coin the one who seeks that pearl by selling all that he has in his life seeking involves so much secondly we need to ask a question why people don't seek god when we know all these things i know all these things maybe from my childhood or as i learned the word of god but still why don't seek god why what is wrong with me you know that's a question we need to try to answer there are a couple of reasons why today people don't seek god number one they don't find the need of seeking god you know in some of our countries where we came from people seek god earnestly because of their need because of their need if we do a church there in india maybe in a village we'll have hundreds of people sitting there in the church the church will be filled if a ministry being there for two and a half years or three years we will see at least 50 people in the church on sunday morning service why people are in need poverty non availability of proper medical support facility unemployment scarcity of natural resources such as grains water you know all those kind of things people are looking for something supernatural they have exhausted all the resources they have in their hands they have exhausted they went to all the doctors and they still find no cure they tried everybody they tried begging they tried working everything they tried but then still they are not able to feed their children why do they go they come to the church why do they come to the church they seek something supernatural they seek something supernatural and that's where we see the miracle of god that's where we hear testimonies they walked out of the church somebody unknown person came and just you know put few dollars in their hands no idea how it came because all that they know is to seek god people are driven to seek god because they find the need of seeking god we were part of a big church in the city called bangalore in india quite a few years back the pastor announced one day we are going to have morning prayer early morning prayer 5 o'clock 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock <clears throat> and it was hard for us we just got up and then we went we were amazed to see that 100 to 200 people there standing in the basement together and praying morning at 5 o'clock you know that really made me to think why why because they don't have the courage to face that day and they were so happy to come in the presence of god to cry out to god to seek for a supernatural thing in their life supernatural miracles and today in our countries people give excuses for not seeking god because they don't find any need they are they have everything they need they have they need within them the luxury the comfort at times keep us away from seeking god keep us away from seeking god have you not come across people who will always come and ask us for job we need to pray for job pastor can you pray for job and we send the prayer request and pre pray for them and they once they get the job we don't find them in the church why because they are so busy with the job they don't have time to serve god have you seen people who need babies and we pray for them and then god bless them with baby now sister where are you what happened to you oh no i'm i'm not able to bring that baby because my baby cries 
You know, people have excuses and reasons to say that reason why they don't seek God. And today we may give excuses for not seeking God, but then you know what God does? One day he will bring us to a point where we will not be saying excuses anymore. Because no matter what we go through, it is not an option. It is a command and instruction from God that we need to seek God. The number two reason probably people don't seek God is they think that they know everything. They think that every, they know everything. You know, one of the difficulties I face with people as I deal with them is an I know everything attitude. I know everything attitude. You know, you may be amazed sometimes the way they talk. They think that the Bible study is only for the new believers, those who are born fresh in Christ. Only for them, they need to you know, study the word of God because the word of God says you need to just drink this pure milk. Milk is only for babies. You know, they forget the other words, other part of the scripture. Bible study is only for them. That's what they think. We see a spirit of negligence. A spirit not having teachable spirit we see that in the churches today fun loving and easygoing spirit is gripping the heart of people today and that spirit is not letting them to know more about god not letting them to know more about god where do we have bible study to learn i learn as i prepare and you learn as you listen we all learn we all you know get nourished in the word of god paul says in philippians 3 11 to 13. It's a very familiar scripture. Philippians 3, 11 to 13. He says, not that I have already attained it. Not that I have already gained it. I'm still learning. Not that I am already perfected. No, I'm every day. Every day as I stand in front of this mirror, I'm being perfected every day. But I press on. That's all I do. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and, re and reaching forward to those things which are ahead of me. And when Paul says that I'm pressing on, not that I know everything, not that you know, I have achieved everything, accomplished everything. I'm every day I'm trying to do that. Who are you and me to say that? That I don't need to study the Bible. We need to study the word of God. The number two reason people don't seek God because they think that they know everything. You know, today as children of God, church of God, we need to come against that spirit. And we need to rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. We need to come against that spirit that tells them that they know everything kind of attitude. And we need to come against that spirit. That spirit is seen in all denominations. It's not allowing people of God to study God's word. Number three reason why probably we don't seek God. Ignorance of eternity. Ignorance of eternity. Today as we live on this earth, we think always about the earth in which we are living the worldly life that we enjoy today that's a that, that's what is in front of my mind our mind always you know generation after generations people are christians but they don't have any clue about eternity you know there are churches out there they don't preach on eternity even they don't have any clue of what is going on on their lives in this earth but then how do we have a vision about concerning eternity the moment the ignorance of eternity comes and grips our hearts, we don't seek 
God. You know, today millions of millions of people who go to churches around the world where eternity is not preached at all. Where eternity, heaven and hell is not at all preached. Those preachers and pastors, even they don't believe in eternity. Some of them, they don't have any idea about eternity. They, you know, if you talk to them, ask them why the reason why they are not preaching about, they will tell you very clearly that I don't believe. I don't believe. That's the reason I'm not able to preach. You know, if eternity is not taught, and if it is not really stuffed up between within our skins, you and I cannot seek God. I don't have a reason to seek God because I don't see about eternity. I all that see is the life on this earth. You know, we need to understand that we live in the same flesh of somebody who is living in the wickedness. The same kind of blood and the same kind of flesh. And what makes a difference for, between you and me and with somebody else who is not godly? What makes the difference? If the difference is the faith that we have concerning eternity. We believe the life eternal is much precious and it's much rewarding than the life we have on this earth. That's the difference. One of the many important truths in, in Christianity is the eternal life. The moment people don't preach and people don't learn, people don't set their minds, you know, it has to be preached over and over again. Otherwise, we will not get that. We will not see God. Number four reason, we may not see God because of the pleasures of this world. If I seek God, I cannot enjoy something. If I fast and pray, I know that God is going to convict me. Then I cannot do those things that I keep doing. If I receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I cannot really enjoy the world because I need to leave godly. You know, sometimes the pleasures of this world will prevent us from seeking God. How do we know whether we seek or seek God or not? It's easy. Some questions we need to ask. Do I pray daily? How many minutes I pray daily? We are not talking about praying one hour coming in the church. Talking about praying personal prayer. How much time I spend in prayer? I mean, I was asking these questions last week as the Lord was dealing with me. Does God speak to me in my prayer? Or it's just a one-way communication. Always I speak. I don't listen anything from me and I get up from that place with empty heart because I have not received anything from him. Do God, does God speak to me? Do I meditate on his word? God will, will God speak to me when I meditate on his word? Questions we need to think about. Or I meditate on the word of God because I have to deliver a sermon. It's not for me, it's maybe for somebody else. Whether God speaks to me. If we really seek God, it's not a one-way communication. It is two-way communication. And we know that there is no shortcut to heaven. We must seek God. Number three, thirdly, word of God says, seek the Lord while he may be found. We talked about what is seeking and we also said, we also talked about the reason why people are not able to seek. And word of God says, call upon him while he is near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Does it mean that God may not be found at some times? When God's word says, seek the Lord while he may be found. 
Does it mean that God may not be found sometimes? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. I want to read a couple of scriptures and listen to me. Listen to these scriptures that will give us, give us an idea. Songs of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 6. Songs of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 6. Then Psalm 32, 6. Let's read Psalms of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 6. I open, my, I open for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and was gone. My heart lit up when he spoke. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The woman of Shulamite, she is looking at his below, her beloved and praying and crying out. Today the church is seeking God Almighty and crying out. And the church is telling, I sought him, but I could not find him. So it is so true that there are times in our lives, even when we seek God, we may not find him. Psalm 32, 6 says, the next verse is Proverbs 1, 27 to 29. Psalm 32, 6 says, For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. But of God clearly says, that we need to seek God in time when we may find him. Proverbs 1, 21 to 27 to 29. Proverbs 1, 27 to 29. Next verse, 1 Kings 19, 11. Now Proverbs 1, 27 to 29. When your terror comes like a storm, and your distraction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, verse 28, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Word of God says, verse 29, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They hated knowledge, the knowledge and the wisdom that comes from the word of God. And today we hate the word of God. And word of God says, even you seek diligently, you seek God, but we will not find him. We will not find him because God has lifted his name, lifted his word above his name. He has given such a great importance to the word of God. And if we neglect the word of God, if we neglect the Bible study, if we neglect the meditation that we do on this precious word of God, word of God is very clear that he will neglect us. He will not worry about us. First Kings 19.11 God is speaking to Elijah. Go out and stand. Next verse is Isaiah 59, 1-2. 1 King 19.11 Then he, God, spoke to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Today, People seek God in different places. They seek God in earthquakes. They seek God in great noise and great worship. But then they won't find God. They seek God in different places. But then they don't find God. Until they seek God earnestly, diligently. To listen to his small little voice. 
Isaiah 59, 1-2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. There are times in our lives that God can be separated from us afar, a far distance. Even if you cry, God cannot hear. Putting all this together, there are two reasons why God, we may not find God at times. Number one, it is God's timing that he may not be found at times. It is God's timing that no matter how much you cry, you may not get an answer from him because it is God's timing. In the life of Job, when calamity was striking on him, he couldn't find God. He had to go through it until the time of God came in his life. You know, sometimes we cry out, Lord, I am praying to you. I am crying out years and years after, after, Lord, I don't find an answer to my cry. It is possible because the word of God says so. It was true in the life of Job. Even he is crying out, but then he he didn't get an answer until God's time came in his life. Isaiah 54, 7 says, Isaiah 54, 7, For a mere moment, I have forsaken you. For a mere moment, I have forsaken you. There are times in our lives, we feel that even we are forsaken by God. That is true. That's biblical. It's God's timing. At times we cannot find him. But then God is telling us, you need to seek God now. The time when it's, which is given to you, you need to seek God. Amos chapter 8 verse 11. Amos chapter 8 verse 11 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, not a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. There is going to be a time that we will not be able to hear the word of God. There is a famine that is about to come upon this land. We will not hear the word of God. There are times that we will not be able to seek God. And God is telling the church today, seek the Lord while he may be found. Number two reason why we will not be able to find God. First of all, we said it's God's timing. Secondly, it is our limitation that we are not able to find him. It is our limitation, what of God says, as we read in Isaiah 59, verses 1 to 2. Because of our iniquities, because of our sins, at times we search even God in wrong places. Because of our limitations, we are not able to find God. Sometimes God gives us opportunities one after another. We miss all the opportunities and then we don't find him. We don't find him. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, In fact, the entire chapter he writes, and he starts with this way. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult day come. Before the difficult days come. It is so true in every one of our lives. The difficult days are on our way. But God is asking us to seek him now. It comes in different ways. Some people's life, they think that they can seek God at the last moment. But then last moment, they are in coma. They are living days after days, months after months, without knowing what they are doing, where they are. They don't have time to seek God. And God is asking us to seek Him now. How do we seek God? The answer is again, 2 Chronicles 7.14 as we read. Humbling ourselves. Humbling ourselves. How do we humble ourselves? Getting out of our traditions. Getting out of our status. 
asking God to work in our lives. Getting on our knees and to say, God, not like the Pharisee said, but like the tax collector who said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Humbling ourselves. Humbling ourselves. Fasting is a you know, symbol of humility or humbleness. God is asking us to fast and pray just to humble our lives. Humble our lives. Then, according to 2 Chronicles 7, 14, by praying. Again, not the Pharisee's prayer. Pharisee was praying, God, I thank you that I'm not like somebody else. God, I thank you because I fast twice in a week. I thank you because I give tithe in all that I possess. Not that kind of prayer, but like the tax collector. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. In Joel chapter 2, verse 13 says, Prophet is saying, rent your heart, not your garments. Rent your heart. And God is asking us to pray to God by rending our hearts. When we pray, if we are not able to cry at the feet of God, I can guarantee that our heart is like a stone. Whoever we are, whether you are male or female, or you know, we are great or small, or whoever we are, when we kneel down in the presence of God, if we are not able to cry, you may say that I have a strong will, it's good. But then when you humble down before God, when you kneel down, if we are not able to cry, I'm, I can guarantee that we have a heart of stone. We have a heart of stone. Prayer, that means crying, pouring at the feet of God. Not reading from a book, but pouring our hearts. Not just praying in a hurry, but taking time to talk to him. Not just always talking to God, but also receiving from God, listening to God. If we don't have all these, we are really not praying. We are nearly really not praying. We need to pray to God. And thirdly, how do we see God turning away from wickedness? Turning away from our wickedness. We can't keep doing the things that we have been doing. God expecting, is expecting us to grow up. God is expecting us to become mature day by day. We cannot continue to do the things that we, are, we keep doing already. If God, us, God is asking us to stay away from some of those things, we need to take a step to stay away from those things. You know, some of the scriptures in the word of God is very particular about it. Some of our lives at times are like dog returning to its vomit. That's what the word of God says. It also says, says a washed pig returns to the mud. Sometimes, you know, we become, we become so silly that we again just fall into the same trap. The enemy has set and he's watching there. That we falling in the same thing over and over again. And the enemy is just standing out there and clapping and he's enjoying by looking at our fall. And God is telling us, we need to seek God. We need to seek God by turning away from our wickedness. We need to turn away from those things. Word of God also says, it instructs us, it rebukes us in Psalm 32.9. It says, do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and brittle to keep it under control. You know, at times God has to put so much of effort in us to make us to seek God. 
And the word of God is saying, Second Chronicles, as we read, 7.14, it's saying, we need to seek God by humbling ourselves in prayer and turning away from our wickedness. And God expects us to make covenants with him. Job, he made a covenant in verse chapter 31.1. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? One example for that covenant. God is asking covenants, making us to make covenants with him. Lord, I don't do it, Lord, for your sake. You know, that, that brings so much of strength to our spiritual lives. That brings so much of courage to do things for God. God, I don't touch this, Lord. I like to do it, but I don't want this for your sake. I want to abstain from that for your sake, Lord. You know, when you make that stand for God, God honors that. In 1 Corinthians 10, 23, Paul puts it appropriately. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, he says, All things are lawful for me. I can go ahead and enjoy everything. Legally, there are certain things allowed in this nation. I can go out and enjoy those things because they are legal. All things are lawful to me. But not all things are helpful or beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify you know, today as children of God, God is expecting us to set milestones, lay milestones. What are those milestones? The covenants that we make to God. The disciplines that we try to bring in our spiritual lives. Making covenants with God and telling God, Lord, no matter what it is, Lord, I will not cross this boundary. I will limit myself within that. Saying no to some of those things in our lives. Which we are forced to involve today. It is time to seek God. It is time to get on our knees and ask God, Lord God, open my eyes, open my heart to seek after you, Lord. Shall we close our eyes this morning? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.